right, listeners, you're back to the Spice Cast. I'm Ben Job. Uh, we have a treat for you today. It's Mr. Chris Wade and his guitar. Uh, thanks for coming in, Chris. Hey. You are Chris, right? Yeah. You got the right guy? <laughs> you came in here and jammed really awesome on the guitar, so I'm thinking it's you. It's awesome. <laughs> thanks. So um, you've got you've been playing around here for how long, Chris? Uh, well, I've been playing for 15 years, and uh-huh. I've been here my whole life, so... Uh, as long as you could, 16 huh? 16 years, actually. Um, yeah, I've, I've only been doing that style for about six years, though. Okay. Yeah, you have... You if uh, For those who haven't heard Chris' music, it's like a very cool finger-picked, a lot of harmonics, stuff like that kind of style. Yeah, tapped. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you have any uh, mentor or a certain person that you just listened to a ton, and you're like, man, that, that guy's got that style. I want to like oh, learn yeah. how to do something like that. Well, um, on electric early on, it was it was always Rush, Joe Satriani, right. Steve Vai, um, mm-hmm. and then with acoustic, um, it was always Michael Hedges, and then I got into some techniques of Andy McKee and John Gom and Antoine Defour. Well, cool. Yeah. Did you, did you find your um style change much from like the electric to that acoustic more oh yeah it's like live playing completely different it's yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh with the electric it's you know i I would need i would prefer to have a band and whereas with the acoustic it's like uh that's you know i i I would just play by myself right it's really kind of hard to play with another guitarist or of the band doing that kind of stuff yeah, especially if it's got a lot of technique and technical stuff, right? Stops and starts and stuff like that. It takes a lot of a lot of work on working with a bunch of people. So, uh, was was your composition kind of different when you moved from uh, the band to the solo acoustic stuff? Did it change how you put together your songs? Oh yeah, totally. Um, with the acoustic, it's just hey, let's see what I can get away with. Let's see what right. <laughs> what I'm capable of doing, and I'm still figuring out new techniques and new ways of cor- new, you know, coordination skills I I didn't know I had before. Yeah. So it's like learning to play guitar all over again, and just learning how to kind of show off in a way with mm-hmm. you know, but but still make something that's really nice to listen to and you know moody right you know? yeah yeah it's all your stuff screams atmosphere to me so yeah it's, it's successful in that round for sure do you i think uh the uh, acoustic guitar has a lot of that um you realize how much finger noise and how much you know um sliding on the strings you just don't hear that through an amp and stuff did that right. like inspire any of your pieces um no it's uh it was more, I don't know, through an amp, through guitar, I I just, I like to use a lot of effects. Um, right. And, you know, I love that atmospheric type sound, and I love the the distortion, and I love the, the power that I feel when I'm on an electric and have the distortion and the reverb and delay and the stereo chorus. But, right. <laughs> but with, uh, you know, on an acoustic, it's like, I, I don't have to have all that to mm-hmm. to be satisfied, you know, and mm-hmm. I can just go with the natural tone of the guitar and j- just simply the way it feels, um, which is, you know, that way on an electric too, but, but on acoustic, it's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more reliant on technique and, 
Right, there's no extra pedal you can slam if you need well, some I mean, more. You know, when I'm playing live, and stuff. I, I will still occasionally on some acoustic stuff, I'll use a delay or a, mm-hmm. or some reverb. But you know, on you know, for the most part, I'm more reliant on the technique and and cool little tricks than than I am uh, worried about. You know, am I using a this type of delay on this, or am I? You know, do I have my distortion set right or right where all know, the parts go and all that? Yeah, and and you know, with electric, it's like I got to carry around so much stuff. But yeah, <laughs> although I prefer electric, honestly, but mm-hmm. um, the acoustic, it's like I go into a completely different frame of mind. Yeah. So, so when did you kind of make that changeover from the electric to the acoustic, or uh, start start really playing out with it? Uh, playing out with it uh, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Started playing at a. Uh, well, I'd, I'd gotten some gigs playing for gallery tours at Low Mill, and oh yeah, uh, played at a restaurant up in Pulaski that you know my teacher was or my my professor was friends with the owner, um, and you know it seems like my my biggest gig is background music, <laughs> right? Well, so. it's got it's such an atmospheric vibe, mm-hmm. you know. But also played uh, the foyer a good bit, and mm-hmm. um, that was maybe three years ago, actually. So yeah, the foyer. Um, also played at the you know the diner that shut down. The yeah, no, no one can uh, hold that Pratt place Avenue. down. Yeah, it's like delicious the rent diner. must be a, a million dollars or something because every place they had a lot of folks yeah, at those shows. They also like. had, yeah, I won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, for some reason that place. Uh, hopefully, it's such a cool building. You know, it's such a. Yeah, I loved playing there. Yeah, it's such a, and it had a really diverse group of folks in it. Like every yeah. time I went in there, it was like a new group of people, and that's not always the case in Huntsville, or I'm sure in a lot of places. It's yeah. like you go in there, it's like, oh, it's the same ten folks. You know, I saw last time. Yeah. But there, you know, I saw a mix, and uh, hopefully more more of those small venues start popping up again. Well, you got a you got some tracks you recorded right here in Spice Rack Studios on the acoustic. Uh, this one's Marymont. Is that Marymont? Marymont. So you want to talk about that one at all? Yeah, it's just kind of a reminder of the the road that I lived on when I was a little kid before my you know before all the weird stuff started happening in my life. And right. It's just kind of you know back when I was in the frame of mind that the world was still a perfect place and just the way I felt uh, about. You know, just the way I, I, I felt and, and saw the world back then, it's just uh, kind of a reflecting back on the way that felt, yeah. you know, and reminds me of that place and that frame of mind that I was in. Very cool. Well, let's hear it. This is Chris Wade with uh, Marymont.
That was Chris Wade with Marymont. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty flowing, I guess, song, but it does have sort of an ominous tone. I don't know if some of the bass notes and stuff. Is is that reflective on anything? Is that like uh, just the like the kind of the shade on the looking glass looking back or what? Yeah, it, it's you know it's it starts out very dreamy and then mm-hmm. almost you know takes on a classical type feel or whatever. But then it you know does start to take a little bit of a you know kind of going back and forth between beautiful and dreamy to you know. You said ominous. I'm I'm thinking more sad or nostalgic. Yeah. Um. You know, kind of. You know. The realization that that's just a memory, and right. You know that. But but still. You know, wanting to live within that frame of mind, even though that that memory is is long past. The um, you know, could still. You could still live in that frame of mind, uh, you know, that sense of reality where the world really is still a magical place if you mm-hmm. if you choose to see it that way. And it's, um, I mean, you know, the weird part about that song is after I wrote it and after I came up with a name for it, I had a dream that it was, that I was in Bridge Street and that song was echoing from the other side of Bridge Street all the way through huh. and I was hearing it being I was hearing myself play it from the other end and then met this girl. So it's like, I don't know if I want to call it. Yeah, it's, it's one of the weird <laughs> dreams. But I don't know whether to call it Marymont or a girl from the dream or whatever, something like that. Right. But, you know, it always makes me think of that too. So it's, was, it, was that after you wrote this piece? Yeah, you know? yeah. It was, it was coming through my head like, did you meet her in real life? Though? No, like, no. That's where I didn't see her face either. Like, oh. I didn't see her face. I was dating oh, a different oh, okay. girl at the time. Okay. But <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> yeah. So um, no, but we didn't see her face. Could have been her. Right? It's just kind of a you know reflection of the way I felt at the time, but right. also you know well, realizing like when it's you, just a memory. Yeah, when you look back at um, those kind of blissful times. You, you kind of wonder, you know, was it like that? You know, I guess I, I feel like a lot of people do. It's like, was it was it all that or am I just remembering it? As- well, you know, at the time I was, uh, you know, my parents were together still. I was, mm-hmm. you know, my sister was with us. You know, we, we she lived with my mom after the divorce. And, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, my parents were married. We lived with, my you know, my grandparents on my mom's side and we all lived together. And, right. And just a bunch of good memories from that yeah. time when I was like, three and four years old and i'm talking about way back you know 24 years ago right but uh you know then looking at the stars at night together out in the backyard and seeing you know billowing golden colored thunder clouds during sunset you know just the vibe of the of the way it felt that's really what i feel when i when i play that song and um so I've but I've visited the neighborhood in recent years just to take a look. I couldn't even recognize the house. Right. I didn't even I I couldn't even figure out which one was what mm-hmm. because the whole house, you know, north side of town, it yeah. had, it had gone to crap. Mm-hmm. You know? just everything's run down and over. Yeah, it's, it's weird how um, Huntsville. It's like it's like it's the gentrification is kind of like shooting back up through there now, but it's very strange how it like changed. You know, kind of like a, a cycle. Mm. and and it's weird because i mean 
people are like, oh, it's it's the bad side of town or something. But it, it's like, it's pretty much the same side of town as I always remembered it. It's just, I don't know, the, the machines of industry, I guess, have yeah. like chopped things up. I mean, it's still, you know, it's in that Maston Lake area. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's still a beautiful area. Oh, yeah. You know, and it still can be. You right. Know, just, I don't know, it just really has to do with the way we look at it and the way everyone collectively looks at it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, a lot of these songs are pretty emotional. Do you feel like, uh, your emotions when you play them and when you compose them, like affect, um, how they come out? Oh, yeah. in? I mean, some of them kind of just start out as experimenting with just techniques or just playing mm-hmm. around. And yeah. it's like, Hey, that reminds me of this. And I just kind of expound upon it. Um, but you know, others, it's like playing it out. I, I have to, hold myself together because I feel that vibe that, you know, Ultra nostalgia way too almost. strongly. Right. You know, that's why I didn't play one of my other ones called when dreams walk away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't really play that one out anywhere without feeling that, that extreme like sense of loss. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I have to kind of pick which ones I can play because otherwise it's going to remind me something I don't want to think about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know. Well, it's, well, that means your music's personal and effective, you know, Yeah. in the, in a way. Well, you got another one, um, Hideaway. You want to talk about this one? Yeah, I was just... I don't even know what to call it, really. I just remember I was, I was at uh, a friend's place, like, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, um, and going through a lot, dealing with a lot of things at the time, and... You know, in a way, I felt like being over at his, over at that house. Um, um, he, I grabbed a guitar and started playing. I didn't have any signal on my cell phone, so no one could reach me. You know, and I just right. felt kind of protected. You know, <laughs> yeah, hidden away from the world. That's always wonderful when that happens. Yeah, sometimes. and uh, so I came up with that there. Unhooked. Haven't really found a, a a better name for the song really, so I just kind of call it that. But you know, it's kind of a kind of has a mountainous type feel to me like mm-hmm. being hidden away in the mountains and you know in a safe place so very cool let's hear it this is chris wade with hideaway
right, we're back. That was Chris Wade with Hideaway. Uh, there's a lot of harmonic points in this one, um, string touching and all that good stuff. Uh, did that take a, a while to master that sort of picking up all those harmonies and using them effectively, kind of uh, actively in your pieces? Um, it it always takes a while to. I mean, I don't know. It, it was a starting that style several years back. It was just kind of a process of learning coordination I didn't know I had kind of or you know yeah. forcing myself to have coordination you know really slowly in baby steps kind of like learning piano doing you know two things at once you know two different hands mm-hmm. and uh or kind of like I guess learning to play drums where you got different things going on simultaneously yeah. with different rhythms and um um so I I always had the the tapping technique down, you know, even since before or since I was in high school. Um, but on acoustic, it's a whole different story because it's not like shred tapping. It's more right. tapping arpeggios and using open strings and mm-hmm. whatever available finger to <laughs> touch this string when you pull off here to do a harmonic mm-hmm. and um, and figuring out how to how to keep one rhythm on this hand going while you do a different rhythm with this one you know it's just it's a um, it's a whole different um, it's like learning a new instrument almost mm-hmm. and it was just it's fun it was right. challenging and fun and you know not like learning a new style of music on electric but more like learning a whole different way to play you know and um, it was just it's almost as fascinating as learning to shred was back in high school. <laughs> right, and just really bringing it out there. Right. Uh, do you find, like, uh, your calluses or your hand strength or anything that, like, affect affect how you play this sort of stuff? Because it seems like it's so tactile that it would have to, you know, um, change some of your... Just the sounds you get out of it, I guess. Well, my, my calluses on this hand, on my, uh-huh. on my, my picking hand, are a lot tougher than they were. Right. Um... You know, which they used to be tough anyway, just from a lot of finger mm-hmm. picking. But then when I kind of veered away from that, I don't know. Like my calluses on these two fingers right here are are really tough First from, from all the tapping I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I don't do so much tapping on that hand. But I mean, I use all five of my my picking hand fingers to. I use all five of them to pick with. Right. I do harmonies. With, I mean, I do arpeggios with all five. So I don't know. Just mainly these two fingers. I got ca- a lot of, you know, calluses are tougher. And mm-hmm. this hand, my calluses, my actual fretting hand, my calluses are a lot tougher because I'm on acoustic rather than electric. So um, yeah, I, I guess my hand strength too, except that I, I play with really low action mm-hmm. and I, I really have kind of wimpy hands. So... <laughs> Um, I, I, I do find that on electric it's um, my strength on electric is a lot a lot more because right yeah after p- pulling on this and doing it in a live setting where you might be in a medium sized room like the foyer or something and trying to project out through it yeah but, you know on electric though every time I go back to electric it feels like a, a sweet reunion with who I really am you know yeah Um, although on acoustic it's like exploring a a part of me that's still kind of unknown. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I'll notice, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, soreness in my yeah. tapping hand. 
uh, you know, it's not so much my picking hand anymore. It's my tapping mm-hmm. hand. So, well, very cool. So I I know some like uh, dissonant notes towards the end in this kind of track. Are those are those signal of anything particular? Did they come out of any ideas or anything? Kind of a a stressful way to lead into a resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, really, honestly, because I couldn't like on this one on that particular part if you're referring to the end of the the end of the uh the bridge part before it goes back into the original melody mm-hmm. um yeah. where it's really dissonant it's uh it's where honestly I didn't have enough hands to do a uh <laughs> to to come up with something that really? wasn't you know, well, I like it. Like, I, yeah, it sounds awesome. It worked. It's like that Did is. You, you that just is, couldn't do it the first time, and you're like, "Oh, that's still that well, still sounds awesome." I realized that was setting. that's like the only song where I ever have something that dissonant, uh-huh. and it resolves. Um, you know, it's where it's got notes in there that I really don't like. Right. But sometimes we have situations and we deal with things that we don't want to have to deal with, mm-hmm. and it, it will eventually resolve and, right. and come to a a peaceful spot. Um, and so I don't know it's like it's almost like just gritting your teeth and dealing with it for a second right. until <laughs> until the next bass note down you know just just a, a half step down yeah it's back in key uh-huh. and you know because you're dealing with with out of key open strings that mm-hmm. I'm throwing in there just because I really don't like I really don't like playing without the open strings I don't like if I'm tapping stuff, I really gotta have those open strings in there. Otherwise, it just feels dot 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 dot. You know, it doesn't feel fluid at all. Right, right. So keep that kind of um, resonating background to it. Right, yeah. It's, that's actually one of the one of the main things I picked up from Alex Lifeson from Rush was mm-hmm. he's constantly got open strings going on, and so it's a very big sound. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of you know, a lot of ambience beyond uh, just the notes he's fretting because he's got those open strings going on a lot. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So we got uh, Tomorrow is a New World. This one kind of strikes me as a more upbeat, kind of go get them yeah. at first. You want to talk about that one? That was the first song I came up with with uh, when I, when I um, kind of learned how to do the acoustic tapping. Oh, okay. It started off in baby steps. Uh-huh. I mean, you can tell going from from the first segment of it, there was a lot of, you know, taps with two fingers at a time, you know, um, and it almost, it feels kind of just dot, 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 you know, just like, kind of like not fluid in a way, just more hammering a chord in in a way. Mm -hmm. And then as it progresses into the next segment, the technique has uh, evolved from you know where I'm I'm pulling off one part while tapping another part at the same time or you know um the coordination is a lot more but then you get into the final segment of it and it's just it's fluid and and it uh you know it's just like almost like learning to crawl learning to walk and then learning to run Mm -hmm. you know I never thought of it that way. Wow, um, <laughs> I never even noticed that. 
until now. <laughs> so um, Happy to help, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so telling people about my stuff helps me realize things about it that I didn't even real- recognize. It's just like, like uh, I think you've done some teaching in the past. Like when you start teaching something, you're just like, oh my yeah. gosh, I've never had to think about this one thing that I've done yeah. a billion times. And exactly. so you have to tell someone like, oh, this is how you do it. Yeah, and uh, so it's, you know, it's kind of a, the outlook of that song is, you know, I named it, you know, based on the outlook I want to try to have, even though I'm not mm-hmm. so great at it most of the time. Right. <laughs> it's the outlook I want to have where, yeah. you know, I got today, but, you know, tomorrow, t- you know, if today's not so great, tomorrow is going to be a completely new world. It's going to, it's full of possibilities and it's unlimited possibilities of where I could go, who I can meet and mm-hmm. what could possibly happen, how great things could get. Right, right. Um, and uh, you know, I really, sh- I really should have called it "Today is a New World," but at the same time, <laughs> when you're in, you're getting si- there. But when you're in situations, yeah. and you're dealing with stuff. It's like you don't know how to flip it around, but there's always that that mm-hmm. realization that hey, tomorrow could be a lot better. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, even if today is the worst day ever, it's going to be a memory someday. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, very cool. Let's hear it. Uh, Tomorrow is a new world with Chris Wade, right here in Spice Rack Studios.
That was Chris Wade with Tomorrow's a New World. Uh, so this is it's all acoustic stuff that you're playing today. Um, seems like your instrument has a ton to do with all this tapping and physical stuff. Did it, did you go through a phase of using different instruments or picking out this one or finding one that was like, oh, this has got the sound I need? Uh, well, I mean, it kind of went in uh, phases of maturity, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, old people use acoustic, really. And <laughs> There's no and, power. And I'm, no I feel here. like I'm getting old. No, I'm kidding. Back in high school, you know, it, middle school and high school, I was just mm-hmm. obsessed with Ibanez electrics. Right. You know, because Joe Satriani and Steve Vai were playing Ibanezes, and, you know, some of them are good still. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I realized Ibanez just isn't versatile and it doesn't have that pristine clarity mm-hmm. unless yeah. you want to play metal right, you know, right or shred ibanez isn't as well anyway ibanez is great but uh <laughs> you know i i ended up my uncle gave me his when i was 19 my uncle gave me his t shepherd strat that he got when he was 15 oh, cool. i fixed it up got it rewired got it got a you know over course of several years got you know pickups put you know new pickups put in and and just got it playing really well and uh that thing's that thing's awesome it's my favorite but he also gave me uh you know my first fender strat american mm-hmm. uh for my birthday Very and cool. i realized whoa i can't get this kind of a sound on an ibanez right you know and it's where i got into blues and jazz and funk and you know just kind of really discovered my my version of mixing all those styles that I knew mm-hmm. but you know the past couple of years I uh I really discovered my love for a telly so uh-huh. that's got my favorite sound um you know for electric anyway uh right. especially doing ambient stuff that really nice punchy uh bright sound but not super ear piercing um anyway but on acoustic though when i was in high school the acoustic i had sounded like absolute crap uh <laughs> you know it was a takamini way uh-huh. way too much lacquer it was a jump right, yeah it was a jumbo body but it produced absolutely no bass because of the lacquer yeah. and it was all maple uh-huh. um but you know a, a friend of mine uh the guy who actually showed me the technique um, to do all that stuff, I'll go ahead and give him a shout out. His name's Justin Madden. Very cool. Um, he works at Guitar Center. He's mm-hmm. an awesome guitar teacher. Awesome guy. But um, he showed me, uh, he, he's the one I, I saw do that technique, and I just kind of uh, played played around with it. Kind of, sort of, I don't know, maybe I ripped him off or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, after... Well, he taught it to you knowingly. Yeah, you, that should, you might I watched him out do that. I watched him do that kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if he still does that anymore. I, uh-huh. I haven't gotten to play with him in a long time. But um, he he showed me Tanglewood guitars. Oh, and yeah. And I found mine uh, for, for pretty cheap because it was used... And I got it, and I was like, "Holy crap! This yeah. <laughs> this thing resonates. I could snap yeah. my finger, and the and the string would start vibrating, and you would hear it. Um, just you know, five feet above it, you know, mm-hmm. if it's on, laying on my bed, I could snap, and just I would hear the string start ringing. 
That's you know, awesome. Very boomy, all cedar, and just, you know, it's got a really good... Reflexive kind of tone? It's got a really good range of, like, it's super, super bassy, but it's also got a lot of mids, but it's also got really nice, clear <laughs> top end. So it's you just, could want. It's, it's just, just right across, it's just you awesome know, all it's around. just perfect to me. It's sweet. Although I just, I need to put some heavier strings on it so I won't have so much smack sound on it when I tap. Uh-huh. So. Just too sensitive sometimes. Too good. Yeah. I have wimpy <laughs> hands, though, so. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's. So, you do um, visual art as well. Does How does yeah. that attach to some of your music, and um, do, they, do they go back and forth at all? Oh, yeah. The, uh, sometimes the ideas I draw out will inspire music um, and lyrics, but originally it was lyrics I had written that inspired um, artwork. Mm-hmm. You know, I, re- I didn't have any idea what to draw when I was in high school. After high school, I realized, oh, wait, the stuff that I'm writing about is stuff I'm imagining and stuff I'm kind of dreaming of. And And then, you know, so why don't I illustrate that out, you know, and just experiment. And that's how I, that's how I started in doing like ethereal art or surreal. I don't know. It's really tough to know what genre it falls into because it's all kind of a, a cross between ethereal and surreal and fantasy and sci-fi, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, did you ever make a piece that, that like, uh, maybe write a musical piece or draw a piece of artwork and you thought it was going to be a visual piece and then I was like, oh, this doesn't make any sense this way. But as a song, it's awesome. Not really. Um, it was more just the... Uh, I the mean, inspiration kind of well, I mean, They, they kind of bounce back and forth, uh-huh. inspiring each other, really. Um, I found actually what what has inspired my my music and my art most the past several years is um dreams i've having at night yeah <laughs> you know like you know people look at my art and they ask me dude what drugs do you do and i'm like i don't i don't just remember your dreams and you've got plenty I, yeah. of interest in- i don't i don't i don't need to do drugs i've got uh-huh. i've got an overactive imagination as right. it is yeah you know and the things i'm i'm imagining things i'm longing for you know what really inspired my music all along was uh trying to figure out a way to describe uh, this inner longing i've had since mm-hmm. i was a teenager for something that i don't even know what it's for right you know, it feels like like i'm just longing for a world that doesn't even exist or mm-hmm. if it exists i don't know where it's at and so my music and my art is really an attempt to try and express what it is I'm longing for and what it is I'm imagining mm-hmm. the world to be. Yeah, I think I think that connects with a lot of people because uh, I don't know. It, I feel like your sleep and your dream, especially in the morning, it's just like it's it's breaking down the doors to your creativity. Like your brain's yeah. not afraid to be creative. It's just yeah, like you have oh no yeah, no inhibitions. Yeah, exactly. You're just who you really are, you know, and your mind is who it really wants to be while you're asleeping. And not being influenced by everything from the outside world. So well, very cool. Well, thanks uh, for sharing it with us. We're so glad you could come in and yeah. uh, do some recordings with us. Uh, you can pick up Chris Wade's stuff at Chris Acoustics. 
What is that? Uh, Chris is acoustical acousticalness. Acousticalness, and that's his Facebook page. He's uh, going to be getting these songs up on Bandcamp and SoundCloud, so you should be able to find it there. You can find his visual art on Instagram at Ethereal Geometry. That's Ethereal underscore Geometry. And on Facebook on Ethereal dot Geometry, right? Yeah, that's the URL. Very cool. Uh, thanks again, man. And we hope to see you playing around soon. Yeah, thanks. We'll be closing out today with Chris Wade with Waves of Stuff. If you want to catch us on Facebook, you know you've got Spice Radio Huntsville and spice-radio.com, of course. And look forward to our festival coming up in August. That'll be the 15th of August at Yellowhammer Brewery. It's $15 at the door. It's $10 online. That's tinyurl.com slash spicefest. And if you share our Facebook post, you get $2 off. So it's only $8. So go ahead and do that. And uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening, and have a great night.
of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spiceradiohuntsville or on Twitter at spiceradiohsv. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.